The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Each business is unique and operated individually of others in the same industry. What they have in common is the potential path to success. Welcome to The Second Stage with your hosts, Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. In today's program, we'll address the obstacles that many businesses find on that path to success and discuss what entrepreneurs and their businesses are doing to stay ahead of the curve. Now, here is Brendan Anderson and Jeffrey Cadlick. Welcome, 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 everybody. Welcome to the second stage. Jeff, this is kind of crazy. You and I haven't uh, done this together in about uh, maybe a month or so. Uh, I know, I know. I was going through a little bit of withdrawal, and I tell you, when you're doing the show solo, you really, really, really have to prepare. <laughs> yeah, well, we we prepared this. I mean, we're just getting used to it. That was training. We're uh, prepared now. Uh, our guest uh, today, Tim Brown, has no idea that he's gonna he's gonna get kind of the the full uh, the double treatment today because we're used exactly. to uh, talking uh, the entire time. So, uh, <laughs> Brendan is referring to our guest on the show uh, today, Tim Brown, author of Jumping Into the Parade and founder of 3 Creative, which can be found at www.3cr8.com. Welcome to the second stage, Tim. Jeff, Brendan, great to be here. Thank you so much. It is our pleasure. Uh, Brendan is referring to the double barrel Red Bulls that we've got on our desk right now. Um, well, so I was we'll going be fired double barrel, double and, barrel, because uh, I asked you, know, you and I, questions. you and I, with the double barrel Red Bulls and the fact that we, you know, kind of haven't done this in a while, so we're you know kind of just going to kind of go both go at the same time. That's double barrel, double barrel, Jeff. Just in case you want to know. <laughs> that, that that is double barrel, double barrel. Uh, Tim, so Tim and I met when I was visiting uh, a, a mutual friend in in Denver. And uh, when I bumped into him, he shared me with me this book that we're going to talk about today, Jumping Into the Parade, but he also uh, has written another book called Old School with New Tools. And uh, maybe if we have time, we can touch on that. But Tim, you know, uh, why don't you just start by telling our listeners a little bit about your own personal story and background and really, you know, how you've gotten into what you're doing today? Sure, Absolutely. I think of myself as a serial entrepreneur. It is something that has definitely been in my blood since I was delivering newspapers at age 11. And I just love that uh, really the backbone of America has been entrepreneurs that have gone out and dreamed big and made it happen. And my own path was coming up for 10 years uh, in the high-tech industry. And I moved to Australia with a company called American Power Conversion, came back, uh, ultimately ended up for working for Cisco Systems, and then a company that got bought by Northern Telecom. And then eventually, I ended up doing my own companies when I was in my early 30s, grew that to several radio stations in Colorado, an event company, a large format printing operation, which was actually our largest operating company, and also a sponsorship marketing agency. Sold those companies in 2012 and became very focused on how I could give back 
based on some of my own experiences, which I would love to talk about today, and ended up writing the book, Jumping Into the Parade. And then after that, Old School with New Tools. And 3Creative is really focused on, when you, when you boil it down, it's about self, sales, and servant-based leadership. And that's what we, everything kind of uh, filters back through those three things. Yeah, as we were preparing for the show, I noticed obviously entrepreneurship is is an important theme kind of throughout all of that you do, but so is sales and business development. Is that really where you've found your knack or, or why why focus on on that aspect of, of the business world? Zig Ziglar said it best. <laughs> <laughs> You know, nothing, nothing happens until somebody sells something up until that point. It's just a conversation. And he also said that sales is something that you do for someone, not to someone. And I think there's this belief out there that sales can be a four letter word. And in reality, sales is something that when you believe in it and when you're passionate about it, you really go out there with the, with a heart that is in the right place. And you look to as a consultant to what can I do to really benefit this person, to serve them, to lift them up, to solve some problem that they may or may not be able to see right now. And that part of it, I love. I love meeting new people and hearing what they're up to and just some of the challenges that we all face. There's a lot of parallels between many of our stories. And I think it's just to stay with the sales thing for a, for a second. I think most, I think you're right. Most entrepreneurs kind of look at that as a as a swear word, or at least a lot of business people do. And I think if that is a big mentality. If you really feel like the product you're offering is is truly helping people, it makes it makes sales that that mind shift is is huge. How often do you do you see entrepreneurs being able to make that leap? That is a great question. I think it, 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 the ones who realize that early on tend to do better, would be my guess, or at least understand that as the founder and CEO, that's really in many respects, you're wearing a lot of hats. And over time, you figure out that being the chief revenue officer is a pretty big deal and that your shareholders or your angel investors or, uh, you know, obviously, you yeah. Angel investors are shareholders, but wherever that you are in terms of the life cycle of your company, that those expectations come with it, and it really becomes the lifeblood. So I, I think that one way or the other, you sort of figure it out. And my former father-in-law, who I really admired greatly and still do, and as it relates to many aspects, business just being one of them, I, I asked him one time, what's the most successful piece of advice that you can give me as I go out and become an entrepreneur? And he said, always surround yourself with people who are smarter than you and then enable them to do their jobs. Believe in them, including times when they fail, quote unquote, fail. I don't really believe in the word failure anymore, but in terms of setbacks and what did you learn from it? So some good wisdom there. Uh, I don't know if I answered your question, but that was uh, my long and roundabout way that I think everybody eventually gets there in one way or the other. No, I like it. And I think it's something to challenge the entrepreneurs with because, you know, if they really are having trouble selling, and I think this is something that Jeff and I, you know, kind of not only with Evolution, but with some of our partner companies, it's, you know, when they really can't hit the, can't hit the, the, the sales numbers or can't hit their, you know, and it's really seem to be kind of uh, stuck in the mud, you know, frequently it's, and I, I realize this isn't about sales, but I do, uh, uh, but it is, it is that they've kind of lost, you know, focus on either some of their values or they've lost focus on, on kind of their core target market, you know, and the types of people that they really, you know, can add value to. So, 
it's uh, it's always amazing how you know even some of the greatest salespeople kind of every once in a while lose lose track of you know kind of their ideal customer. Yeah, we are on uh, uh, the second stage today with our guest Tim Brown, author of Jumping Into the Parade, founder of Three Creative, and uh, you can find out more about Tim Brown on his website at www.3cr8.com. Uh, you can connect with us here at the second stage. Uh, through uh, Twitter, evolution underscore CP. You can email us at the second stage at evolutioncp.com and join the discussion using hashtag uh, the second stage. That's T H E 2 N D stage. Uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to ask Tim to talk a little bit about uh, why he decided to write his newest book, Jumping Into the Parade. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. <music> what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. This is Davis Love III, Ryder Cup captain and Team McGladry member. McGladry is about building relationships. That's the kind of team I want to be a part of, a team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business. The same attributes I look for and the partners I choose. It's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions. When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance Tax Consulting. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the show, The Second Stage. This is Jeff Cadlick, and I'm here with my partner, Brendan Anderson, after a few weeks' hiatus, and we're doing the double-barrel, double-barrel shotgun on our guest, Tim Brown, author of Jumping Into the Parade, founder of 3Creative, and you can learn more about Tim Brown and 3Creative at www.3cr8.com. I also want to thank our sponsor, RSM, formerly McGladry, uh, the leading provider of assurance, tax, and consulting services focused on small and mid-sized businesses nationwide with more than 6,700 people in 75 U.S. cities. Uh, you can catch this episode and others at voiceamerica.com, and you can also uh, pull us down off of iTunes when you search podcasts. Look for the second stage. So we left the last uh, segment, Tim. Uh, we, we promised our listeners that you were going to share with them why you decided to write Jumping Into the Parade as your second book. Yeah, and writing a jumping into the parade for me was a was a, a real uh, it was a tough thing, uh, frankly. It was actually my first book, and I started writing it in August of 2012. And this was after I sustained a, a fairly sizable loss in December of 2008, January of 2009. I ended up losing tens of millions of dollars in the radio business. And to give a little bit of background, I had radio stations throughout Colorado. Many of those were up in the resort communities, but I also had stations in the Denver market. And we were very much one of the last independent operators. 
one of our competitors, and this is public record, which was CBS Radio, they made the decision in, in January of 2009 to essentially get out of all of the markets that were above markets 1 through 20. And they fire sold a number of assets to, uh, I believe, prevent slipping corporate debt covenants at the time at Viacom. And they sold three of their radio stations here in Denver for $18.5 million, which is public record. Again, everything I'm saying, can you can go Google right now. And those stations had probably been valued at around $250 million. And long story short, this incredible kind of perfect storm set up to where from a balance sheet basis, the, 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 the valuations of radio stations collapsed across the country. And to kind of add on top of that, in 2009, when capitalism itself was up for discussion in this country, many, many, many companies faced with, do we pay our rent, our, our employees, and try to do everything we can to stay in business, or do we continue to advertise in the media? I, I think we know how that went, and people pulled their dollars out of media, and it became very much a nuclear winner. Long story short, I ended up losing, um, like I said, tens of millions of dollars. And for me, my worth as a human being had always been directly connected to what I did for a living. And this quote-unquote failure did not mean a failure in business because so much of my identity was tied up in what I did for a living and how I looked in the community. And I was also married into a very prominent family here in the Denver market that I, I just didn't know how to hold my story anymore. And I almost took my life twice. And my book, Jumping Into the Parade, was really my personal memoir about how I rebuilt my life, how I rebuilt my perspective about my life and how that role plays into broader humanity. And my goal is to impact a million lives with how people hold their story with compassion and wisdom. And that was really my foray into telling that story so that other people that go through a dark season in their life realize that they're not as hopeless, they're not as alone, and that things can get better and do get better much faster than we may think when we're in the middle of it. Tim, what was the, what was the, you know, when you're in that, in that kind of valley or, or whatever, what is the thing that made you, what was the, what was the rope or the ray of light that gave you the kind of, that pulled, that gave you the first kind of hope? Or we can't, how, how did that how did that happen? That's a great question, and it was really a conversation that when I was asked to join the board of the Anschutz Foundation in 2004, I couldn't understand at the time why my former father-in-law had started the foundation and, and what was on his heart to try to serve so many people. And as we were talking about it, he looked at me and he said, "I." that the primary reason for starting the foundation is that he believed in the power of the second chance in a person's life. And that was really what rang through my mind was that I could really move from being a victim to an owner, even though I didn't know that at the time, how to wrap that around language, but that I could shift away from thinking this has destroyed me. And instead, what can I learn from this and how can I use it to get better? And that the power of the second chance meant that anything was possible. And it was really that conversation that saved my life. Wow. And, and, and it was, it was that thought and it, it's cause I, you know, I, I was expecting you to say that there was a, so, so that, that was kind of something that was planted in 04 and then it kind of, it was something that you remembered in 09 ish. Correct. 
Well, there were two wow. times where I had almost taken my life. One time was in July of 2009 with a handgun. And then another time was in, in, in November of 2011 uh, in a hotel room in Manhattan. And when I came through the, 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 the incident in Manhattan, I was down in the lobby on November 30th of 2011. And that was when I really made the decision that the, the way that, that things were going in my life weren't working and that if I were really going to find inner peace and be able to, to, to live my life differently, it meant that I, I had to unwind a lot of things that I had, had learned over the years, including a lot of limiting beliefs and fears that I had let manifest into my life and really going to the outside world in many respects for the validation of who I was as a person. The other thing in terms of the, of, of the value of realizing that life is all about the second chance or third chance, or as many times, frankly, as it takes to make the healthy decision in our lives, is that there, there's, it's all about perspective. I mean, it, it, and, and when you think the great, the, the great athletes of, of, of the day, like Michael Jordan, used to count up all the times that he would fail, all the free throws that he missed, all the times that he didn't perform well in the game. And I think that that's important because the people that are pros, not amateurs, but pros realize that you have to go through a degree of severe failure, quote unquote, in order to get someplace. And if these things hadn't happened, my life would be completely different now. And I feel like I'm out and I'm doing things now that are really making a, a meaningful impact. And I've never been happier in my life and I've never known myself more than I do today. That's great. I, I, uh, um, you know, I was, you were, you were in YPO, I think at the time or at some point in time too. I mean, is that, yeah, and it's I, just, and, and it, still am. Okay. No, it's just, it's interesting. Cause there's always, you know, there's, you know, there's always some sorts of the, those, those nuggets that are, that are very interesting. So, so from, from a, from a kind of a, you know, you know, from your story perspective, you know, what are the one or two things that you, that you would hope people would remember or the, you know, or, or would walk away with from, you know, kind of, um, you know, I guess from kind of some some of the discussions, or some of the things you learn going through that that part of your that part of your life. Number one, everything is temporary, and I think that's important to remember because it gives us an appreciation for the things that we have in our life right now. It's about being present, and in my particular case, what brought me out of this black season that I was in was really getting into practicing acts of small gratitude. And I just, I started thinking about what's going right in my life. And it's so easy to focus on what's not going right in your life. And I, I just, I started, I got this little clicker and I would have to click it a hundred times, giving gratitude to small things like the heat working in my car or the fact that I had enough gas money to get to work or the fact that my, I had a, a roof over my head and a son who loved me. I mean, all these things that somehow I had forgotten. And I mean, it's ironic when you think that I was married into a billionaire's family and basic needs that so many people struggle with across the world were things I never had to worry about. Yet my mind was always so focused on what I didn't have versus being grateful for what I did have. So that's number one is that things are temporary and that gratitude is really, really important. The other piece that I would say is the big takeaway is, you know, life is about growing our souls. Life is about 
finding who you really are. And that's why I say it's, a, it's about how we hold our story. It's those things that we tell ourselves about ourselves that really add up, that really matter. And having wisdom that you accumulate along the way, but even more importantly, compassion at the fact that we all make decisions and sometimes we regret certain decisions. But at the end of the day, a lot of those decisions make us better people. You know, we tend to learn 10 times more from the harder situations that may come up in life than we ever do from the easy ones. And I don't know, it's been the scariest thing I ever did was write my book. And the most gratifying thing I ever did was write my book because I hear from several people now every month who find my book and, and are able to relate on a human level. And I'm just grateful for that. Every day I wake up and, and I just think about how different my life is and how all these other people have shared pieces of their own lives. It just shows how interconnected we really are as human beings. As you, as you kind of work through life and kind of, you know, hit, hit other bumps and so forth, how do you, how do you remind yourself to kind of go back to, um, you know, the thought that things are temporary, that, you know, that, that you got to be compassionate, compassionate and that, you know, kind of the growing your soul kind of thought, how do you remind yourself to do that? Well, I, I say prayers every day that relate to that. I say actually meta prayers that are along those lines. And I also uh, pray for other people and I pray for just wisdom. And I think back on those things. It's, I think it's important to remember where you came from and to not take anything for granted. So, uh, you know, the easy part in life is committing to something. The hard part is recommitting to something. And every day when I wake up, I think to myself, you know, what's going right in my life? What am I grateful for today? I keep a gratitude journal that I write in in the morning and I also write at night. And it takes about 10 minutes total to do it right every day. But that's another way to continue to stay centered and frankly grounded on focusing on the right things. No, that's great. We're here with our guest, Tim Brown, uh, here in the second stage, author of Jumping Into the Parade, uh, and he's also founder of 3 Creative, which can be found at www.3cr8.com. Uh, <clears throat> when we come back, uh, we're going to hear a little bit more about um, you know Tim and the tools that he uses really to kind of uh, refocus his life and learn a little bit more about uh, his, his opinions on the difference between happiness and joy. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. This is Davis Love III, Ryder Cup captain and Team McGladry member. McGladry is about building relationships. That's the kind of team I want to be a part of. A team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business. The same attributes I look for and the partners I choose. It's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions. When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance. Tax. Consulting. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. 
To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the show, The Second Stage. This is Jeff Cadlick, and I'm here with my partner, Brendan Anderson. Our guest today is Tim Brown, author of Jumping Into the Parade, founder of 3Creative, which can be found at www.3cr8.com. I want to remind everybody each week that we want to provide actionable advice and have you continue the dialogue through comments and questions on our blog at evolutioncp.com. We want to hear what works and what doesn't, and we want to create a true community of entrepreneurs helping entrepreneurs. And that brings me back to Tim. Uh, Tim, you said really at the top of the show that really what what you you're passionate about today is is really helping entrepreneurs uh, in a variety of different ways, but also really learning from you know your own personal circumstances, which you shared so eloquently in the last segment. Uh, but, you know, one of the things that we talked about uh, in preparation for the show was really, you know, your, th- your opinions on the thoughts uh, uh, between what is, what is happiness and, and what is joy. Yes. Great, uh, great question. For me, I had always thought of happiness and joy as being the same thing. And there, and there, it's not that there's anything wrong with happiness. There isn't, but many times happiness is fleeting and happiness is based on happenings. It's things that may come in or out of your life. And it's great when they're things that you like, but you can't control it. That's my belief. Joy is different. Joy is something that you manufacture on the inside. And if you want to have a real impactful uh, experience, sit down for an hour and just stream of consciousness, write down everything that you can possibly think of that brings you joy for an hour. Don't stop until your hand, until you have carpal tunnel syndrome of your hand. It's an amazing exercise and you need to write it with a pencil, not type it. That's also important. And it's, it's just a joy. I, I believe is how you're in joy and that when you do more of those things, you're just in flow and life goes by in a completely different way than when you're not in flow, when you're fighting against things. And that's where joy uh, plays a big part. And, and so, so is it, it's a conscious effort to focus on, so you write these things down um, that, that bring you joy. And is it, a, is it a conscious effort to to spend more time doing those things, focused on those things? Is that kind of, is that kind of how that process works or how that, that, uh, that tool works? It is. I mean, a lot of, a, a lot of life, there's, I guess I have two points here. A lot of our lives is lived through habits. Would you agree with me on that? Oh, big time. <laughs> Big, especially mine. I think it on a habit. But, but anyways, go ahead. And and John Maxwell wrote this great uh, this great quote where he says, "People do not decide their future; they decide their habits, and their habits decide their future." And if you have a habit of thinking, "What's going right in my life? Who can I serve today? What can I do to leave impact in the world?" 
I'm going to plant a tree now for the next generation. And you're constantly asking yourself those kinds of questions. It's the same thing, you know, habitually. It's when I go into conversations, and this is all going to tie back to joy here in just a minute. I habitually now go into conversations with other people, and I ask myself, am I inside of this conversation with this person to hear myself talk, or am I here to learn? Because it's a very different mindset when you come in to learn and where your questions are coming from then. And to me, when I'm able to assist people in seeing a perspective that maybe didn't exist to them 10, 20, 60 minutes before that, it brings me more joy than anything I can possibly think of in the world. And so for me, I like to go out there and I like to talk about life leadership-based things. And I like to talk about how that translates into how we show up in the world as not just an entrepreneur, but as a parent, as a spouse, as a community member, as whatever it may be. And as I mentioned, you know, everything is, is temporary. You know, we're all going to become old. We're all going to become sick. We're all going to die one day. You know, things that, that, that we find dear and beloved to us are all subject to change and separation at some point. And, you know, and so understanding that and really being present and being grateful for what we have right now and all the small things really adds up. You know, one of the things I talk about, again, back to the difference between happiness and joy is it all starts with gratitude. And when you think about the, the word joy, there's really no other emotion in many respects that requires two things to, to really make it work. You know, you, or I should say gratitude. I mean, you need to know what it's like to, to go without something to appreciate when you do have something. Does that make sense? It does. You know, and that's why I think that it, that's why when, when you go through life and you realize that everything in life is a learning experience for us, it, everything can bring joy. I mean, and you, there's a way to reframe everything and find the silver lining within things, as difficult as that may sound. I mean, there are certainly some experiences in life that are very hard to fathom that any type of silver lining could ever occur out of that. But I mean, I look back now to my mom's uh, alcoholism and drug use when I was a kid. And at the time it was really hard on me. I felt like I wasn't lovable. I felt like I didn't matter. And my mom was really just on her own path. She was just trying to figure things out. And what's happened is when she went into AA when I was 15 years old and, 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 and put forth that kind of courage to completely change her life. And she was sober until she died of breast cancer when she was 52 what it has done for me is it's given me a lot of compassion for people who go into a situation where they're powerless over something. And, and when you know what that's like to live that firsthand and, and see that, you know, with your own parent, or I look back when I was addicted to, uh, anti, to anti-anxiety medication, when I was taking Xanax in the morning and in the evening in order to get through things in 2009, 10 and 11. You know, it's, it's those types of lessons that we learn that now I have a ton of joy because I've gone through those things and I have an appreciation for what it's like to not be involved with that anymore. But yet the context of, of how to hold that is part of my story. Tim, Tim, how does that, I mean, obviously having gone through what you went through, how does that change or did it change at all how, how you parent or, or mentor? Because... Yeah, I guess I'll stop there. How does, has it changed how you think about like like that parenting and mentoring? Radically. 
and the and let me explain how how it's really changed. My son, who's 13, is writing his own story right now. And what a lot of parents I don't think are aware of is that their children at all times are writing their story about the things that they tell themselves about themselves. And what I'm trying to do right now, like many parents are, I mean, all of us, we want the best for our children. I'm trying to equip my son with the best tools possible to make good decisions. And part of that means that it's an open dialogue. It's a discussion where I'm not using why-based questions with him because the second I use a why-based question with him is really me telling him something and he just shuts down. Like we got into a discussion uh, the other day uh, about pornography as an example on a way to baseball practice. And he asked about that and I had uh, nothing but questions for him. I didn't have judgment on it, but I, my questions were, how close do you want to be to your spouse? Do you want to have a soulmate someday? And, and, you know, and, and saying, you know, my own experience, um, that those were not things that served me when I was younger. And I think it was great to be able to have that kind of dialogue as a parent with him and to, to show that number one, I'm human, but number two, I'm really interested in what his own life journey is and that he's going to have to make these decisions for himself. Does that make sense? No, it does. It's a, it's a hard one to teach. You know, you, you think about, you know, especially, you know, I, I can picture, you know, obviously a family with a lot of resources like yours and, and, you know, and having kids and, you know, it's like, it's a, uh, teaching gratitude can be difficult, you know, when you're, when, you know, it's just any kind of that appreciation for, for people and other spots and so forth. And I guess that's where, you know, kind of parlaying that into, you know, gratitude and then kind of the, the power of the second chance and so forth. And, you know, kind of giving people that piece, um, you know, you know, I, I mean, I'm not sure we have enough time to get into like kind of all the things that you guys were doing on the second, on that second chance thing. But, um, but it, you know, that's, that's an interesting perspective because everybody makes mistakes and it's just, you know, it's, it's, uh, it just so happens that, you know, some people with more resources can make, you know, can recover from those, those mistakes a little faster sometimes. I don't know. Um, maybe go ahead, please. You hear it in people's language where they're stuck in a point in their life and everything centers around something that may have happened 20 years ago. And they've confused good and bad with right and wrong. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And, and, and choices that we make are not good or bad. They're just choices that we make. And the whole idea is, did we learn from it or not? I mean, we're just human beings. It's not like we come into the world wired with all of the answers. I mean, everybody has things that happen to them in life that they probably wish had gone down differently. But the reality is you have a completely different appreciation. I mean, there'll be some day that I'm probably given an opportunity to be a husband again. And when I, if I'm given that opportunity, and I... I plan on being a very different husband in terms of how I show up in, in the marriage. And if I hadn't gone through a marriage where I made some poor decisions, like constantly being on my phone and constantly thinking that my worth was tied to what I did for a living and coming home and being upset because something happened at work and then not being accessible for my, my partner, uh, that's not okay. And I realize it now in retrospect, but I think that it was really difficult on my wife at the time to have a, a husband that she couldn't reach because his head was still stuck somewhere else. 
And as entrepreneurs, we have to really be careful about that because a lot of us get so consumed by things that it's hard to, to shut it off. And there's a time and a place for everything as it relates to that. And, you know, a dollar bill never showed up to a person's funeral and said, hey, I'm sure going to miss them. <laughs> no, yeah. I think that's uh, <clears throat> golden advice there, uh, Tim, just with respect to, you know, uh, you know, shutting down uh, when you're around family and tuning in and being present. I think that's what a lot of you know, entrepreneurs struggle with and know that, that I, I do and have and, uh, you know, with the pace that, that evolution operates at, I'm sure Brendan has had, uh, you know, similar challenges. Um, so I appreciate you, you sharing that. Um, and it does remind me the second chance and it reminds me of my, one of my favorite Jim Collins quotes is the opposite of success isn't failure, but growth. And, uh, you know, that's exactly, it sounds like what you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, one of the things we talked about in, in preparation for the show was, uh, and maybe tie in a little bit about what you were uh, just talking about is you are not your job title. Um, you know, what do you mean by that? If, if you want to watch somebody implode quickly, who is their entire identity has been, I mean, think about it. When's the last time you went to a party, met somebody new and didn't have them within the second or third question, ask you, what do you do for a living? <laughs> do you even remember it? Yeah. Right. I mean, actually, Tim, it's so, funny you say that I was at a, I was at a conference and, and, and the guy next to me asked me, the first question he asked me was, what do I really enjoy doing? And I remember that guy because it was like, he went out of his way to, to just not even have, it was a business conference and that his first question, and it was like, I was, I still, I, I remember t I've told like four or five people that that was the, the, this person who's pretty well, pretty famous person. That was his first question. I was like, well, that's, that's pretty cool. That's really cool. I love that. That's a great, I'll, I'll, I'll have to use that. Um, I love that. Yeah. You but think right. about it. We, you, you know, especially men, we stand underneath this banner. That's our title. And the second you move that person out from underneath their title, there's this identity crisis that occurs and it's much greater than the loss of the income. The loss of the income is, is number two by 10 country miles. Number two on the list. It's who am I now that I don't have this title? And I do an exercise with people when they're in a situation where they've just lost a job and, and they don't realize that this is an opportunity to go through a rebirth, to reignite that, that light that lives inside of each of us. And what I have them do is write their name in the center of an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper and then like little satellites, it's a mind map. I have them write, you know, what are the things that you are that have to, to do with every, you know, everything that does, that that's not your job. And so it's, you know, Tim Brown, I'm a father, Tim Brown, future husband, Tim Brown, son, grandson, nephew, you know, the easy ones, right. That immediately come to mind. And then it's, I'm an author, I'm a photographer, I'm a great friend. I'm a good communicator. I'm somebody that's passionate about other human beings, you know, and, before you know it, you see this entire sheet of paper completely filled out and there's no white space left anymore. And that person realizes they are not their job title. They're a human being that bring all these gifts to the world. 
And that's pretty powerful to see that happen, to see somebody light up and realize, wow, you know, this is fairly insignificant in the whole scheme of things, and I'm going to rise above this. Yeah, that, that, that is an interesting exercise. And I think that uh, at some point, if we have time, we want to talk about some of your the seminars that, that uh, you put on and some of the exercises that, that you do. Uh, we are here with our guest, Tim Brown, author of Jumping Into the Parade, founder of 3Creative, which can be found at www.3cr8.com. Uh, and you can email us at the second stage. Uh, that's the second stage at evolutioncp.com. Uh, you can join the discussion using hashtag the second stage. And you can listen to this episode and others at voiceamerica.com or search podcasts on iTunes for the second stage. Uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to hear a little bit more about uh, some of the prof- professional peer groups that, that Tim Brown uh, chooses to spend time with and, and why he uh, gets passion and joy out of that. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. This is Davis Love III, Ryder Cup captain and Team McGladry member. McGladry is about building relationships. That's the kind of team I want to be a part of, a team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business. The same attributes I look for and the partners I choose. It's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions. When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance Tax Consulting. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome to the show, The Second Stage. This is Jeff Cadlick, and I'm here with my partner, Brendan Anderson. We're also with our guest, Tim Brown, author of Jumping Into the Parade, founder of 3 Creative. Um, so, uh, well, I also have to do this one little uh, uh, statement that I do every show, Tim, so bear with me. Uh, like any forum, the show will be more effective and powerful if folks contribute their experiences and ideas. We invite you to continue the discussion from each week's show on our blog, which can be found at evolutioncp.com, or you can email us at the second stage at evolutioncp.com. So, Tim, you know, we kind of uh, jumped over, you know, an important concept that really ties in with the title of, of your book, Jumping Into the Parade, and that is really uh, kind of your definition of uh, or, or idea of what the difference between failure and feedback is. Yes. And if you look at the title of my book, Jumping Into the Parade, it's really a, a, goes back to a conversation that I had before I started my very first company. And my former father-in-law said to me, Tim, there are two types of people in the world. There are those that watch the parades go by, and there are those that get in the parade. And which one do you want to be? 
because 2% of the, of the population are the ones that get in the parade. The other ones are too scared to go out and, 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 and are worried about, you know, what quote unquote failure could look like. And I think that's naturally human, right? I mean, if you look at a Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it, you don't have to go that far down the, the hierarchy of needs to where humans want to be accepted. We're communal animals, and we don't want to feel like we're not in the pack. And if you, quote, unquote, fail out there, you're still going to be accepted in the pack. And so my whole point is that the difference between failure and feedback is that you realize as an entrepreneur that if you want to get to the good stuff, you have to go through failure in order to get to it. And that all along the way, it's about feedback. I mean, you think of all of these artists over time who have done some pretty incredible things. And the fact of the matter is there were a number of, of works that they put out there that were rejected. And you look at a, a, a politician like Abraham Lincoln and what he went on to do for this country, and he got told he was no good. How many times before he was finally elected to an office that just happened to be the presidency of the United States? Right, dozens. The world is, is <laughs> dozens. Yeah, I mean, the world has tons of stories like that where it's perseverance. It's understanding that I'm going to adjust here. I'm going to adjust there. I'm going to learn from this. It's all about feedback. And you get that feedback in the form of, you know, how different business plans take off in the market. Seth Godin has this great uh, interview right now that he did with Tim Ferriss a couple of weeks ago. And he talked about this rule of 10 as it relates to new ideas to where if you have an idea as a business and you send it out to 10 people who you know, if those 10 people say, hey, wow, this is great, you're on to something. If those 10 people are like, well, I don't know, I don't really get it, he goes, forget the idea, <laughs> right? You know, and it's, just, it's, it's good feedback, though, right, just to, for a quick kind of litmus test on how's this idea tracking. And that's my whole point is failure really doesn't exist, and, and we don't want to let failure get wrapped around our talent as human beings. And it's very easy to let failure get wrapped around our talents if we let some small perceived setback define who we are. That's not who we are. We're many things. Now that's, that's, uh, I, uh, what do they say? Your, your life is uh, 10% what happens to you, 90% of how you react to it? Yeah, and I would say it's, it's how you respond to it, not react to it. I'd use a different, but yes, I agree with you fully. Absolutely. And we get to make the choice every day on what's the experience we want to have out of our lives. Every day when you walk in a room, you can make the choice, am I bringing light into this room or am I bringing darkness into this room? You are ultimately in charge of making that decision. It's all about how you want to hold your story. I just, so, it's, it's funny. I just just finished a book by Anise Cavanaugh called um, "Contagious Culture," where her you know her whole, the thesis of the book is you know you you uh, you, you gotta you gotta go in with a pot you know with with a you know a, a, a intentional energetic presence, and it's amazing how often you you know myself or you notice somebody else just kind of is going through the action, going through the motions, and not uh, not really thinking about the outcome they're looking for. So it is it is pretty interesting. It is uh, it's, it's amazing how often it doesn't happen. You're so right. I mean, you get what you give, right? I mean, not to quote a, a Tesla lyric from 1988, but I mean, you get what you give out there. 
and that the universe will always match the energy that you're throwing out to it. That's hey, good hey, stuff. Jeff, I want to talk about my favorite, my, one of my favorite things in the entire world is um, peer groups, professional peer groups. Maybe, maybe Tim, tell us about how, how those peer groups have, uh, you know, kind of what you think of them and how they've, uh, how you've been able to work with them in the past. You know, that's, I love that question because when we go through dark times, somebody told me when you're inside the bottle, you can't read the label. And it's up to the community around you to help read the label and to, and to help you navigate through those times. And for professional groups, for me, Young Presidents Organization has just been life-changing. And the educational side of it, the networking side of it are great, but the forum experience is, is just over the top where you have a group of eight people that get together for four hours each month and you know everything about that person in terms of their personal lives, their business lives, what's going on with their families, what's going on in their hearts. And that's the number one organization for me that I, I really just absolutely love. And then I've created my own group of, of, of people who are like-minded and we look out for each other and we're out trying to, to be a, a positive support network for each other, but also to do good, to create loving kindness out in the world with whoever we impact. So, you know, that's the other thing is there's small little groups of people that I get together with and we're just constantly lifting each other up and we're intentional about making sure that we get together on a regular basis. You know, I, I think I've, I've shared a lot on this, on this show, the, uh, I joined EO uh, probably uh, in uh, 2001, and it's by far the single greatest thing I've ever done you know, in the sense of single greatest business resource I've ever had. And it's, you know, there's many times where I've, you know, left a forum presentation really pissed off because, you know, I just didn't feel like that they they understood what I was trying to say, you know, not to, and then two days later, you just kind of wake up and go, I know exactly what they were saying and they're dead on. But, you know, they kind of just smack you around a little bit and force you to, to kind of do, you know, a little self-reflection. And it it, it is... You know, it's. I think we mention we mention these groups pretty much every week, but it's. Uh, it, you know, it's like I said, it's been the. I can tie almost every major business decision that I've made to some resource that was suggested, referred uh, by you know by somebody in EO. So it's it's a uh, great stuff. Great stuff. EO is so fabulous. I, I couldn't. Agree, I mean, couldn't agree with you more with the people that I know in EO. It's a wonderful group of of entrepreneurs. So, uh, Tim, we had mentioned briefly that, that uh, you know, you have these workshops that you conduct through Three Creative, and you target EO, Vistage, and YPO. What is your goal when working with these entrepreneurial groups of, of individuals? It, it, it really depends on how deep they want to go. My, my goal is always about how do we hold our story with wisdom and compassion and how does that translate into <clears throat> how we show up in the world across everything that we do. And pieces of what we've talked about today are baked into to those times where we do those workshops. You know, and, and this is not my, my primary job per se. This is how I really enjoy giving back to, to the world. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, I think topically we've covered a lot of it today. So what are some of those specific exercises 
that you you walk these groups through during your workshop and maybe share some of the aha moments that these entrepreneurs and leaders have during uh, your workshops? Uh, absolutely. I, I think a big one that a number of people don't realize is that a lot of times you you can hear this through language is getting people aware of words that they use in terms of describing their story. So when you have somebody talk about where they are right now professionally, where they are in life, the path that they've, they've gone uh, to get where they are, you can key in on certain aspects of their language that that show really where their mindset is, meaning is it victim-based language or is it owner-based language? So that's a big one. Again, disconnecting our worth from our works and seeing that we're much more um, than our job title is another really big one. Um, you know, we, we get into exercises as it relates to gratitude. We get into exercises as it relates to not letting uh, something specific define us and really uh, defining what failure really means. So it's, it's all over the map. And each group is a little bit different to that. We also get into sometimes, you know, the, the difference between what's wrong and what's really wrong. And that sometimes in life, there, there tends to be a lot of secondary emotions that are coming out and being able to tie into what those are and, and, and why those are coming up. And that, that's really a lot of practice around mindfulness and moving from uh, reacting to things to responding to things and being able to look at them uh, impartially like a third party would. Do you remember the Jerry Seinfeld story where Elaine goes out with a guy and he keeps saying like, Jimmy doesn't like that on the menu <laughs> or you know, Jimmy doesn't like it when yep. <laughs> Elaine talks to him like that. That's yeah, uh, <laughs> <I remember> that <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's the beauty of being mindful is when you're able to observe everything that's going on inside of you and without judgment. It's just accepting it for what it is and then understanding what's coming up inside of you and what can it possibly can be connected to. And so it's another exercise that we work on. So uh, we talk a lot about core values here at Evolution and with our partner companies and, and how often, and we really only have a minute or so here, uh, how often do these executives, entrepreneurs come into these workshops already having, you know, personal core values that they're willing and able to share that they've thought through? Um, I think that at our age, people with their core values tend to, to know them a lot better than people that are in their 20s or 30s, from my experience, where a lot of times some of those values have been in, inherited values, and they just don't realize it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Probably you takes know, a while to know yourself and gain some perspective and not get caught yeah, I mean, up in all the things that you're talking about on the show. Exactly. I mean, it's just like, that's called life, right? <laughs> yeah. And and so I, I think my experience are people who are in their their 40s and have gone through some some body blow type things that have happened have uh, more of an appreciation for how they're wired. You know, I think of, of when people go through midlife crises, a lot of times it's that, that delta between uh, who they thought they were and who they are. And 
between uh, ideas and expectations that they had around where they would be at a certain age versus where they ended up. And it's called the midlife natural, crisis, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But the, but the natural human reaction, and I'm using the word reaction now deliberately, not response. The natural human reaction is to focus on the negative and to immediately go there about all the things that are not going right in your life, uh, that all the expectations that were not met instead of focusing on all of the growth that's occurred throughout your life and all the things yeah. that you've learned and all the things that have gone right and all the lives that you've impacted and really yeah. spending time getting thorough about that. And, and Tim, we that's, damage that's, values. Tim, that, that's gold and we're running out of time, but I, I really appreciate you being on the show here at the second stage. Uh, and I want to remind all of our guests to go out and get the book, Jumping Into the Parade, and learn more about Tim and 3Creative at his website, www.3cr8.com. And remember, have passion for possibilities. And uh, as Tim is suggesting on this uh, show, uh, you know, give yourself a second chance. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. Thank you for tuning in this week to The Second Stage. Please join Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson again next Monday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And have a successful week. 